All discussion during the Invest Wisely program is intended for informational and educational purposes. It is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. We do not offer tax, accounting, or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor before making any decision that could affect your tax or legal situation. All investing involves risk including the possible loss of principal. You should carefully consider investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of any investment before investing. Diversification and asset allocation do not guarantee a profit or guarantee against loss. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC. Welcome once again to Invest Wisely. Our expert is Walt Secura. Now, he is the managing partner of Akron Wealth Advisors, headquartered at the Fairlawn West office of the R.W. Baird & Company, private wealth management firm at 3560 West Market Street in Fairlawn. In this half hour, we're talking about the market in these crazy days, how to invest in it, how he invests his clients' money in it, and how his clients aren't too worried, even though the market is going up and down and times seem quite uncertain. If you have any questions about the market or for Walt, he's got more than 30 years experience doing this and through all kinds of strange times, at least maybe the strangest, give us a call at 330-673-1234. And outside of Akron, you can reach us toll-free, including on WNIR.com. 800-669-4100. Well, Walt, uh, it's been a wild, another wild week on Wall Street. And, uh, of course, it was shortened a bit by the by the uh, Good Friday observance. But one of the aspects of the of the week that I found kind of interesting, and again, I don't know if the headline writers are just looking for, for headlines to set, put a good spin on what's happening, but well, the headline was Wall Street had its, had its best week since 1974. <laughs> what do they mean by that, Walt? Yeah, Bob. Um, last week was a was a great week. I mean, the S and P index rose twelve percent. Um, you know, we were at two thousand seven eighty nine point eight two at the end of the week, and uh, that was the best week you, since nineteen seventy four. You'd have to go back all the way uh, to then to find a week that was better. Um, the Dow Jones finished up thirteen percent for the week, um, and again up twenty seven point eight percent from the lows uh, that we saw. Uh, the Nasdaq jumped 10.6% for the week, and again, it's uh, you know up 23% from its lows. So we we've seen this market you know come back you know pretty pretty strongly from the lows that that we experienced uh, you know in March, and uh, you know at this point we're you know we're really just kind of trying to gather information. Uh, there seems to be a big disconnect between. Uh, you know the economic situation and and the market. You know the market is always forward looking. Um, it's always thinking out longer term, and and the prices that we have today are definitely inco- incorporating you know a little different viewpoint. Uh, when we went into the the pandemic, I think everybody was you know really worried about um, you know what the recovery would look like and how long it would take. And and now there's probably more views that uh, we will get through this and. Uh, you know, things may not be as bad as we, we feel. However, when you see the number of cases rising and the number, number of deaths uh, rising, it's, it's hard to feel, you know, very bullish about, uh, about the stock market when we see such a disconnect, uh, you know, with the social impacts and the, um, you know, the impacts on our communities. 
Because the market is often looked at as a predictor of future events, and if the market's going up, as you said, some people say, well, that means that they have faith that the future will be better. But in the meantime, as you say, the people are talking now about the fact that maybe the economy will never be the same uh, after after this uh, pandemic. Uh, maybe is the economy fundamentally broken now, or is it uh, in a period of transition? And when we come back from this, will it be a, a different economy than we had before? Yeah, but, I mean, that's a really good question, you know, and, it, and it's it's hard to know. Um, you know, I think a lot of people in our business, again, you, you have to be careful because a lot of people speak with such confidence and conviction that sometimes, you know, they sound like they're predicting the future. And, yeah, there's just so many things we don't know. Um, we, we do know this has been a major disruption uh, to people's lives. Uh, it's had a major psychological impact on people. Um, you know, I, again, I worked, I've worked in this business for 30 some years. And, you know, when I started in the business, there still were a lot of clients that I worked with that were still, you know, greatly impacted by the Great Depression. You know, a lot of people that, you know, didn't trust the market, um, that didn't trust the banking system. Um, you know, if you go back, uh, coming out of the great, you know, the great recessions, uh, you know, uh, way back in time, savings rates went up tremendously after that period of time. You know, we got to a high, of almost 27% of a savings rate uh, in the United States by 1943. So people, you know, didn't want to spend. They wanted to make sure they had a lot of a lot of cash in the bank or under their mattress. Um, you know, so if they ever had a, a time like that again, they could weather the storm. And you know, we're running at savings rates much lower today. Um, you know, the savings rates got all the way down into the three percent. Uh, range 3.7 percent range and you know we're probably running close to a seven percent savings rate right now so you just wonder when you come out of this if um you know people will start putting a lot more money towards savings and safety and making sure that you know any disruptions in the future they have some money put aside for and of course so our entire routines have been totally disrupted including the consumer routines the travel industry is a has really been decimated by this uh and i guess they're one of the biggest industries that may or may not uh, come back. Uh, the other issue is that consumers are finding new ways to to consume products, which is primarily doing it over the internet and uh, doing it by by delivery. And I'm just wondering if that's not going to have an even quicker impact on the brick and mortar stores when this is over than was already uh, starting to erode their businesses. I think you're right, Bob. You know, there's a lot of trends that were set into play. You know, I think when you talk about that uh, delivery and online. Uh, shopping and you know, you know we saw uh, Amazon take a big move you know towards purchasing Whole Foods with the idea that you know that would be uh, really a trend and and you see a lot of companies go that way. Walmart has put a lot more money towards their internet shopping and their online deliveries. So uh, you know th- those trends are there and you, you know you do worry about you know if it, how many industries are going to be impacted in a way that they. They don't show a quick recovery. You know, I think when we entered this, a lot of people thought there would be like a V-like recovery, that we get to a bottom and there'd be a quick snapback. Uh, more and more people are thinking it could be a U type of recovery where there's, you know, a longer uh, movement just sideways at the bottom. And, you know, what you hope for is you don't get to a bathtub recovery where that, that long, uh, you know, that long, it takes, it takes a really long time for, for some of these industries to recover. But, you know, you mentioned the airline industries, you know, flights are down 70%. Uh, hotels are running at 20% occupancy. Uh, huge disruption in the supply chain out there. You know, a supply chain that was very reliant on China that 
Uh, now we, we wonder if that supply chain will dramatic, dramatically change. And, you know, we bring a lot more manufacturing and, and reliance on the supply chain back here to the United States or to other countries. Um, so there's just so many changes that are happening all at once. And there's there's a lot of data and a lot of you know things we're going to have to look at to see what what those changes actually are and how they impact companies and and how they impact consumers. And the other issue that people aren't talking about is, of course, with all the government assistance that's coming out for the businesses and for individuals, uh, we have like just lost all interest in the the national debt. It's soaring. It's going to continue <laughs> right. to soar. And it's a there's a concern that as that debt has a, gets you know really really large, now how is that going to impact on prices? And inflation, are we going to see a kind of like a post-World War II type inflation when this is over because of, because of all the money that we, we had to borrow? Yeah, I think, you know, that's going to be a concern, Bob. And, you know, we're going to have to pay attention to that. I think it's, it's pretty easy to argue that inflation will be pretty tampered, you know, pretty, you know, under control for a while, especially with, you know, you just look at energy prices and oil and how low, uh, those prices are at the current time. Um, you know, so so I think, you know, inflation in the short run, you know, shouldn't be a big problem. I think, you know, we have policy, you know, monetary policy and fiscal policy that is very transparent. Um, I think one of the things that the Federal Reserve does that people, uh, you know, really don't think about a lot is they really are very transparent and they communicate very well as to what the expectations will be going forward. And I think this Fed has said that they expect interest rates to be very low for a very long time. Um, so that all helps. But you're right, you know, we ran it, uh, entered another unprecedented time where, you know, we, we've done a lot of stimulus. Um, the Fed has taken, again, actions that we've never seen them take before, uh, expanding the balance sheet, their lending capacity, their ability to buy assets, uh, you know, to support the financial markets. Uh, all very warranted, uh, but at the same time, we really don't know what the long-term impacts of some of those actions are going to be. And the final note that you had, which, uh, again, will uh, have some impact, certainly uh, uh, reg- regulations, views on regulations. We already were in a, in a, an administration that was uh, easing regulations in many areas of the economy, both pro and con. But now that we get back to a recovery, there'll be certainly a lot of pressure from more, more sectors to ease regulations so they can get back in the swing of things. So that could be another issue that's going to arise uh, in the very near future. You're right, Bob. More uncertainty. And, you know, I think, again, that's that's what scares the market the most is uh, when you have uncertainty. And, and again, all those changes, we're just going to have to wait and see how some of that plays out. Walt Sequeira is talking with us, the managing partner of Akron Wealth Advisors and Fairlawn. 330-673-1234 is our number for you to call to talk to Walt with your questions and comments about investing in the stock market in these, uh, as they say, most unusual times. Good morning. You're on the air with Walt. Good morning. I guess what I'm hearing is uh, there is a lot of question marks out there. I'm uh, 71 years old, and uh, I'm in a very conservative, probably 75 conservative 401, uh, 403B, and uh, maybe 20% in the domestic and foreign stock market. Uh, Should I stay there, or should I get aggressive for three, four months and see if I jump up a little more or just stay uh, where I'm at? Yeah, I mean that's you know congratulations to you for being in a in a good position going into this. I mean having you know having that type of an allocation, obviously when you get volatility, it it helps. Um, but at the same time, you know you're you're right. Now would be a time 
uh, to consider increasing the allocation towards risk investments. Um, you know, I think if you have an investor's perspective and you can look out over a three to five year time frame, um, you know, I, I think when you say, well, for the next three to six months, uh, we've seen a big recovery here. There's a chance that the markets could test lows again. Uh, so I think if you make that allocation change, you really have to be thinking out a little bit longer. I'd say that three to five year perspective is much better uh, if you were going to put a little bit more money towards the risk side of the equation. Okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. And then what advice would you give? What Should I go for it a little bit or should I just stay where I'm at? I'm happy. I probably had a 7% loss when the market had a 30% drop. I probably had a, about a 7% loss. So I, I was happy, like you said, about that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you managed yourself through it pretty well. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't give you a personal advice without looking at all the, you know, the the individual right. things that would impact you. I mean, we are definitely still fairly positive and optimistic as we look forward. I still believe that stock investments are still going to provide good returns uh, again over normal investment time frames. So, I, I would say you know we'd be happy to look at your situation and give you a little bit more you know personal advice. But at the same time, uh, you know we're definitely keeping people you know allocated towards those risk assets as we move forward. Okay. Well, thank you very much for the information. Enjoy your show. Uh, I'll be listening uh, the rest of the morning. Yeah, well, thank you very happy much. Easter. And happy Easter. Yeah. You stay happy safe, Easter too. And God bless you guys. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye. Yeah, and Walt Secure is with us. And we are live, a live segment today, which is going to be kind of a rarity on that Easter. But you can give us a call, 330-673-1234, especially now as we're going to go into our stock talk segment of the program where Walt will take questions about individual stocks that uh, you may hold now, that you may be looking at to buy, or you're curious to whether or not he has them in his own portfolios for his clients uh, that he thinks are good or bad. So if you have any questions, uh, again, for Walt Secura, especially about stocks, as we said earlier, he's got 30 years of experience in investing. Uh, he does know a lot about the market, uh, and even though these are, are untried waters, he is probably one of the best equipped to to uh, tread through them successfully. 330-673-1234, and once more outside of Akron, and on WNR.com, 800-669-4100, toll so, Walt, what did you see about any individual stocks last week, if they have released any news at all? Yeah, Bob, one of the stocks that we've talked about and, and we anticipated it, you know, having some good results uh, coming through this was Costco. Um, they did talk about their March comps. Uh, they're, they're, you know, very lofty expectations that were put on by Wall Street. Um, you know, they had a very, very good report, I mean, as far as uh, comparing this March to last March. Um, you know, they're looking, uh, you know, at sales, uh, a healthy 12.1%, um, you know, above last year's levels. However, you know, Wall Street wasn't too impressed because, uh, again, a lot of the sales came from essentials. Um, you know, it came from probably, you know, people, uh, you know, storming into the store and buying more toilet paper and Scott towels and, and food. Um, you know, I think Wall Street was a little disappointed and, you know, the trends that fell off as far as clothing and jewelry and other items in the store. Um, but again, you know, for me, when I look at it long term, I see Costco is uh, that traffic is is improving. Um, you know, more and more people, you know, see Costco as a viable place to to get the essentials that they need. And I think again, that behavior and that traffic, uh, you know, should bode very well for Costco's again over a three to five year long ter- longer term perspective. So even though Wall Street was a little bit unimpressed, you know, we were pretty impressed, and, and we continue to like Costco. 
Now, Walt Disney also uh, is a, had a good report, which we would kind of assume with everybody staying at home and uh, looking at home entertainment, uh, their newly introduced streaming service uh, really, really took off. Yeah, Bob, you, you had mentioned this, and you know we've talked about this. I mean, they've signed up over 50 million subscribers uh, to their, their Disney Plus service, and uh, it's just unbelievable how fast they got to that number, and it shows the, the power of the brand and uh, the power of what they're doing, and, and again, the, the time, as you're talking about, is just ideal for uh, that type of growth to take place as more and more people are at home. Um, it was also very interesting, um, you know, Robert Iger talked this week um, a lot about uh, the impacts of this virus and uh, what, how it might impact the company. He definitely sees large impacts uh, to the company, especially the parks. Um, you know, they're talking about, you know, some things they might have to do as they reopen the parks, for for instance, taking people's temperatures before they enter. And, uh, you know, it, it's not hard to see that happening. I guess, you know, when we had 9-11 happen and, you know, we probably never thought we'd go to the airport and take off our shoes and take off our belts and, you know, go through security the way that we did. So uh, you know, there, there may be all kinds of new things that we experience, you know, as consumers when we come out of this. But it's, it's interesting to hear companies thinking about these changes already. And, you know, Bob Iger being one of the most powerful entertainment companies in the world, you know, it was really interesting to hear a lot of his comments this last week. Um, but the company's doing very well. This is a company we own in our core equity portfolio. And, again, we, we really like to see those trends uh, with the streaming service, which is a big part of their anticipated growth as we look out in the future. Let's take another call now for Walt Secura here on Invest Wisely. Good morning. You're on WNIR. Good morning. Uh, thank you both for giving up your Easter mornings. We appreciate the show. Uh, Walt, I got a question. Uh, with more and more people working from home and maybe and now maybe into the future with uh, real messaging taking over the uh, emails, um, what's your thought about the uh, stock Slack? And oh. uh, can they compete with the larger um, companies like Microsoft Teams? Yeah, a very good question. Um, you know, Slack is, uh, you know, a newer company, um, and, and obviously they are competing directly with uh, Microsoft Teams. I, I think Slack's value proposition is really to kind of get away from email, um, you know, creating these uh, streams, these channels uh, where people can easily put on their their uh, their ideas on a certain project or a certain you know company that they might be working on. Um, it, it's a way to organize communication and make it much more effective. Um, and Slack has been very successful. Um, they've they've done a really good job, uh, you know, competing about against Microsoft. Uh, we see that um, you know they've they've had some you know great growth. They're in a very hyper growth uh, part part of uh, their business. Uh, it's a little early for me uh, as, as an investor because, again, that I'd like to see that profitability. A lot of their story right now is on the revenue side, you know, growing revenue very quickly. But, you know, I like to see that translate into profitability. Um, so, you know, you look at their last couple quarters, they were up 49% revenue, 60% revenue, 58% revenue, you know, uh, going back January, October, July. Uh, of last year. But again, we really want to see that earnings growth kind of kick in. So I think Slack is a very interesting story. I, um, you know, it's one to pay attention to. And again, if you're a little bit more of an aggressive investor, it, it could be one that you could take a, a position in, you know, earlier than, than later. Well, the reason I'm looking at them is that they're $24 a share where you're looking at uh, Microsoft Teams. I think they're 124 or so a share. So, I mean, they're, it's, it's a lot better position for someone to get into. 
Yeah. Hey, keep keep in mind with Microsoft, you're getting a lot of other divisions and components. You know, Microsoft has their uh, cloud service, the Xbox service, the whole operating system. You know, Teams is one of the offerings within the complete offering of Microsoft. Slack is a little bit more... Um, you, you know they don't have as much diversity in their product lines. That's, so, true. That's true. Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, it's it's definitely a high growth area and a definitely an area that I, I think is worth some attention. Yeah, one other question, if I can, um, with the stock market going up the way it did this last week, uh, unemployment being higher than ever expected. Do you think that we've taken the human uh, emotion out of the stock market? Do you think the online or the uh, the electronic trading is making up for it. Will we ever see traders back on the floor again? That's a great question. Yeah, I mean, I think online trading and computer-driven trading is is really driving a lot of the market, and it and it does kind of take some of the emotion out of of the trading. Um, however, that's not a bad thing. Um, yeah, so we we look at it again and. And we try not to get caught up in the emotion and the trading cycles. I guess if I was a trader, I'd look at the world completely differently. But being an investor, you know, I can step away from that and, and again, put my focus on companies. And, you know, just like we were talking about Slack, I mean, the short-term trading really doesn't impact a, a company in the long run if you're able to step back and think of it that way. So great question. But, again, I, I think, you know, we continue to stay to our philosophy and fundamentals and the way that we invest. And I, I think that's the better way for most investors mm-hmm. to go. Well, thank you very much, Walt. I appreciate it, and sure. uh, have a great day. Yeah. Thanks thank for you. Happy thank, Easter. Yeah, happy Easter. Thanks, Bob. Thank Thanks. you for calling. Hey, Walt Secura, 330-673-1234 here at Invest Wisely. Let's talk a bit about, again, uh, Walt, and he invests his clients uh, money into individual stocks, individual stock portfolios. Last week, were you uh, buying anything? Yeah, Bob, you know, we were a little bit active in our small cap portfolio, our small mid-cap portfolio. We had... Um, you know, went in and, and raised a lot of cash, um, you know, back in uh, February and the early part of March. And we needed to get a little bit of that back into the market. So uh, we, we did buy a few stocks um, last week. We, we bought Twitter, um, which, again, we think was a pretty good price. Again, the social media platform. Uh, we also bought Match.com. Um, you know, we think, again, online dating is probably a little bit, uh, you know, it's probably spiking a little bit here because, you know, people probably are trying to make some human connection, uh, you know, virtually. And I think matches, uh, they've created a video application now where you can upload videos and talk to people, uh, you know, if, if you're out there looking for a significant other or a partner. Uh, we also bought Chewy Inc., which is a, um, a retailer uh, that sells a lot of pet supplies uh, online, a, a little bit of a more specialty, um, you know, pet supplier uh, to compete in that kind of online space. So uh, we did make a couple purchases last week. And again, we, we purchased those thinking about the next, uh, you know, nine to 12 months. And, and we think they were all pretty good uh, entry points. And you talk about using cash. Of course, you started building cash even last fall uh, as a strategic hedge. How do you use the cash then as a, as a hedge in your cash position right now? Yeah, Bob. So we, you know, we, it's, it's one of the best hedges we have. You know, we're, we don't go all the cash. You know, we, we're not a market timer. So we would never sit there and say, let's sell all our portfolio out and, and go complete with the cash. However, you know, by taking 10, 15, 20, 30% of, of the portfolio and moving it to cash, it allows us a chance to think, to regroup, to reposition. 
and and that's how we use cash. We we used it that way. Again, we started to sell a little bit in February, a little bit more in March, and through March, um, you know, we didn't miss all the downturn, but we we definitely softened the impact of. Uh, you know, the downturn, and, and we had money available to go back into positions that we felt were very attractive. So uh, it allows you to, to make more dynamic decisions and, and to manage the account. Again, you know, I always say to people, you know, are you, are you watching your portfolios? Or are you managing your portfolios? You know, so using cash allows you to manage your portfolios actively, and, and that's how we use it uh, with our group and how I've used cash for most of my career. Now, I know that uh, you've talked before, you're, you're a Buffett guy, and I'm not talking about Jimmy, I'm talking about Warren. Uh, a lot of people like Warren Buffett because he's a successful investor, mega investor. He uh, writes well, speaks plainly, and a lot of folks look to him for guidance. Uh, what's he doing uh, at this time during this uh, the COVID-19, COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, well, I like Jimmy as well, so I'll throw that <laughs> there in there. There you go. But, <laughs> but, yeah, Warren's been pretty quiet. Um, they have their big uh, shareholder meeting coming up May 2nd. I think he's been reserving a lot of his, uh, you know, his comments for that meeting. We do know that he sold some airlines. Uh, you know, he, the reportings and the filings that he's required to do for Berkshire Hathaway gives us a look at, at his holdings. And we saw that he significantly reduced his, his positions in Delta Airlines and uh, South, Southwest Airlines. Um, you know, we know what his top positions are. His number one position uh, is, is Apple, uh, you know, Bank of America, Coca-Cola. American Express, Wells Fargo, uh, Kraft Heinz, J.P. Morgan, Moody's, U.S. Bank Corp., uh, Bank of New York, and he's still, again, Southwest Airlines and Delta, even though he's reduced those. So, you know, I, I definitely pay attention to Warren. He's he's always been someone to me that made a lot of sense with his philosophy. I, his philosophy of looking at companies and remembering that, again, it's not a stock market. It's a market of stocks. And uh, you know, that philosophy really, you know, plays in, into everything that I do and the way that we invest our clients' money. Last week, you talked about the, the CARES Act, the government passed the Coronavirus Act Relief and Economic Stimulus Package. How it could have impacts on our, on our listeners? We have a couple minutes left in the show. Could you kind of reprise what you talked about last week and, again, anything else you might have learned about how this, uh, this, uh, this act could uh, benefit uh, our listeners? Yeah, a couple of key points, Bob, and I think that it is important to talk about because, again, you know, we hear all this being done by the government, and a lot of times people don't feel like there's much being done for them. So uh, if you are required to take a, a required minimum distribution, um, so if you're of that age and you've been taking RMDs and, you know, the government kind of forces you to take money out of those retirement plans, um, you know, once you reach that, that age of 70 and a half, uh, you can you don't have to take it this year, so you can you can basically you know not take that distribution and with with the values being lower, especially if you had to sell some things in the portfolio, that might be something you you could take advantage of. Uh, they also waived the ten percent early withdrawal penalty if you're fifty nine and a half or or younger. You know if you take a distribution from an IRA, you typically experience a ten percent penalty. So up to $100,000 can be withdrawn. So if you got laid off or, or left the company and, you know, you, you have that IRA and you're, you're kind of was not wanting to tap on it because of that penalty, uh, you, you can, you know, get away from that this year, which is good. Uh, we know that people are starting to receive some of those stimulus checks. So depending on your income level, you know, you may receive that, that stimulus check. And again, hopefully that helps. And, and again, we talked about the tax filing deadline, um, you know, be, being extended. 
Um, and again, you know, talk to your your CPA or your tax advisor, and make sure that uh, you're you're doing the proper tax planning, uh, which is probably more important than ever this year. And of course, uh, another week is coming up uh, again in a week of unknowns, a week where we're all sitting hoping for some for some good news about the pandemic. But uh, once more, what do you see ahead in the week uh, as the market will have a full week of trading and uh, coming off, as they said, the best week since 1974. Yeah, but I mean, it'll be another interesting week. I mean, again, a lot of the data that we're getting, I don't know how significant it is anymore. We're going to get a lot of company reports, so we're going to start paying attention to that. The, our first big one is on the, the Tuesday, Johnson & Johnson reports. Uh, we get a whole list of banks reporting, J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, Schwab, all report this week. Um, Abbott Labs, who made that test uh, for the coronavirus that's a little quicker, they report on Thursday. Uh, Honeywell reports on Thursday. So it'll, it'll be interesting for me to start seeing what companies are really saying and how the impact of this virus has, has impacted them. Once again, Walt Secura at uh, uh, Akron Wealth Advisors, uh, 234-466-7476 is their Akron number on West Market Street. 234-466-7476. You can safely call them and talk with them on the phone about about investment, investment strategies, perhaps uh, seeing how you could change what, what you're investing right now in the light of a, of a very changing world. Give them a call. Mention you heard them on WNIR Kent Akron. 234-466-7476. Akron Wealth Advisors. Advisors in Fairlawn. Walt, have a happy Easter. We'll talk to you next week. Happy Easter, Bob. During today's broadcast, the following individual stocks were mentioned and discussed. Amazon.com, symbol A-M-Z-N. Costco Wholesale Corporation, symbol C-O-S-T. Chewy Inc., symbol C-H-W-Y. The Walt Disney Company, symbol D-I-S. Match Group Inc., symbol MTCH. Slack Technologies Inc., symbol WORK. Twitter Inc., symbol TWTR. Please note that Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated makes a market in all of the securities of these companies discussed during today's broadcast.